I demand satisfaction. Podcasts at dawn. Schmanners it is. It is Schmanners. your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I have to be really careful because if I don't stay on top of my voice, it's going down here because I did podcasts. PodCon, I talked so much. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited. Because. And nervous. nervous. Don't be nervous. You'll do great. Well, so I had an idea for a topic this week, and I was so interested in it that I said to Teresa... I will research, and you don't have to do anything but be awesome. And I said, sounds great. And the thing is, is Teresa always does such a good job on the episode, so I'm just trying to live up to that. Um, But this is one of those, so we're talking about dueling, and this is one of those topics that if you had asked me two days ago, I would have said like, oh yeah, I know about this. I've seen movies like Count of Monte Cristo and... And I guess also Three Musketeers. A lot of Alexander Dumas movies. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is it's intensely complex. Let me start by asking you this. Have you ever been in a fight? Like not an argument with someone, like a physical a beat phys- up. A physical altercation where we we both were physical? No, but I did. Wait, what's the... Uh- Wait, what's the other side you punched? Did you knock someone out in one punch? No, not knocked out, but they didn't do anything in retribution. What? He, uh, uh, okay. So Let's take it back. I was young. I was very young. It was in the fifth grade, so still elementary school. Uh-huh. Um, and a boy called me a name. And is it a bad name? It was a bad. It was a bad name. Like, well, yeah. I assume he didn't call you Teresa, but was it no. like a really bad name? It was a. It was a name for a cat. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and he uh he called me that name, and I decided that I needed to prove my my worth, I guess, and so I slapped him. Okay. You know what? I stand by fifth grade Teresa, uh, but no, I'm talking violence about violence is not like, the answer. No, well, okay, violence is the answer to very few questions. Yes. How's that? Okay, okay. Um, the thing is, is like I'm talking more about like the let's take this outside. I know there was okay, so there was a a bar in Huntington that still exists, so I will not name it. But every Wednesday night they did, and everyone's head is going to spin at this five dollar. All you can drink beer. That's yeah. ridiculous. And what kind of beer could they be doing this with? So basically, like, I think there was like one kind of beer or like one. They would like tap a certain kind of beer in a keg. Right. And then like hand out red solo cups. You know, that was like your cup. And you could just keep bringing it back and refilling it till that one beer was gone. And so, as you might imagine, people got very drunk very fast because they were trying to finish their beers and get more beers before the beer ran out. Uh-huh. I saw more fights in that place th- in, like, a summer span, in a three-month span than I think I've seen in all my life otherwise. Wow. I saw one fight 
because a gentleman's friends um, had been putting drinks on his tab unbeknownst to him. And when he went to pay his tab, it was like $300. (gasps) And yeah, it was, that was a rough one. That's not cool. No, that was a rough, rough, rough one. Um, So the idea, I think the thing is like people think very much about like the, I am incensed and so I am going to kill you in a duel Mm -hmm. is like the common practice. But that was actually very rare. So let's go way, 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 way back because duels uh, and duels of some sort have basically been around like as long as recorded history. Well, so when you say a duel, you mean like agreed upon rules, not just like brawls because like people have been fighting forever. But like, right. I'm not talking about like Cain and Abel, like somebody kills somebody. I'm talking about like, there is a structure to this fight. Okay. Um, And speaking of Cain and Abel, there's like a very famous biblical example of this. Do you know what I'm talking about? A biblical duel? I was raised Catholic. We don't read the Bible. Okay. It is David (laughs) and Goliath. Uh, Well, wait a minute. I thought that they were in like a war. Yes. So so there was this thing. I'm looking to see if I could see the name of it. Mm, Nope. Um, This, so there was, if you think about three, I'm going to say one that you'll definitely know, trial by jury. Okay. Yeah. Everybody knows trial by jury. Right. There were two other forms, and maybe more, but there's three that I could think of. Trial by jury, trial by ordeal, and this is probably something most famously connected with the witch trials. Yes. Right? I'm going to dunk you. We're going to do this, whatever. And if you survive, you're fine, or whatever. It's all, they're all different. And trial by combat. Okay. Right? Like gladiator style. Well, but this was more like an actual judicial fight of, you would say, Okay, I'll get to that in a second. But okay, okay. in David and Goliath, they're in a war, but rather than having both armies square off against each other and potentially lose thousands of men, they just say, we're going to send our best person out to fight your best person, and we all agree that whoever wins, it's like you just won this whole battle. All right. And the the thing about this is, is I think it would be easy to look at this and think, this is because you're trying to prove, like, we have the strongest guy. No, we have. The... But it actually has to do with a belief, a strong belief in God or gods. Okay. The idea being that if if I win, it's because God was on my side, and so I am right. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm and following. So, yeah. And so, like, you'll see another example of this in the Trojan War. I think it was the Trojan War. I don't know. With Hector and Achilles, right? Where rather than fight a whole war or a whole battle, just send out your best guy and have them fight. Why don't we do this more? Well, it's a good question. <laughs> um, and so, when we're talking about, like, we're going to jump forward a little bit. Um, there's an example in. Uh, sometime in the 1700s this is between 1712 and 1730 AD a trial by combat where two families that were disputing the boundary between their lands they took a handful of earth from the disputed land put it between the two contestants and they were required to touch it with their swords each swearing that the claim is lawful so whoever first touches the the land with their sword wins and the losing party beside forfeiting their claim has to pay a fine so literally like trial by combat so not just like trial by combat like whoever wins is the strongest but really like oh okay 
well, whoever wins is right. Well, but like, wouldn't you just like run up and touch it? You don't have to even hurt well, the Well, so that's person. the idea, right? You want to send out your fastest person and they would block it with their sword. But then when they would try to, so like, it, it's what makes it more of a struggle. And it, it's, it's kind of evolved from there. So you have these judicial du- duels, right? Trial by combat. But then that starts to evolve into, I don't know how to correctly say the word, chivalric chivalry um, battles. It's not so much about proving what's right, but yes, proving who's strongest. So in like the 14th century to 15th century, um, they would do this thing where, and man, this is like the... kind of most toxic masculine thing and we'll keep touching back on that because that is a lot of dueling stuff (laughs) but like knights one knight or group of knights would stake out a well-traveled place like a bridge or whatever an intersection and say like we're here if you want to pass you gotta fight us so like trolls yeah (laughs) well here's a great example of it in robin hood Little John's standing on the bridge and says, if you want to get past me, you either have to pay the toll or fight me. Right? This is kind of like that. Oh, like in Robin Hood, Man in Tights. Yes, but that's based on, okay. That's a joke <laughs> based on another thing. But yes, so, and and then you you could pass without fighting. If you paid them. You had to leave your spurs behind as a sign of humiliation. What? Yeah. Your spurs. Yeah. The thing that you use to urge your horse. Correct. So, why? Uh Uh-huh. It makes very little sense. Well, see, this is it. So, this is like that test of masculinity, really, is what it boils down to. So, we've gone from God is on your side and you are right to like... Bullying. We're so bored. Bullying. Yes, yes. Basically bullying. just bullying. And so like for a woman could pass, an unaccompanied woman could pass, but she would leave like a glove behind or, or a, a silken handkerchief. And then another knight could go rescue it and return it to her. It's bleh, it's all weird. Um, And like if you didn't have weapons and you were just passing, they would provide weapons for you. They were just so itching for a fight. And I'm sure that they had some big built-up reason as to why this was necessary. But it really just sounds like, you know, yeah, we're we're with the king. Anyways, let's fight. Um, so I don't, I don't uh, necessarily support do it. Do duels have anything to do with, like, the, the tournament sort of thing? With, like, lancing and... So there is that, like, what you would challenge. But that is much more of, like, a competition rather so than it was support. to prove. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, though I'm sure that that evolved out of this or simultaneously with this chivalry, like, well, I'm go- I need to practice or whatever, so I'm going to fight you. But it really seems to be just like, well, let's fight. Um, and even For though, funsies. yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing is, it wasn't to the death. I mean, they weren't. Fighting. I am assuming it wasn't to the death. Yeah, this was just like, okay, I've beaten you. You can a go touch. on, but I win. And a lot of it was about, you know, humiliation, pride, a lot of those things. Um, And it was actually frowned upon um, by the Holy Roman Empire, but they continue, like, uh, they were uh, deprecated by the Lateran Council of 1215, but the judicial duel persisted in the Holy Roman Empire until the 15th century. Okay. So, that was when it was like knights, right? 
So then, in 1526, a treaty between France and Spain broke down, and Francis I challenged Charles IV to a duel. And they ended up not actually having the duel, but it, like, made it, like, nobles dueling is super cool. Well, but kings don't actually duel, right? They have, like... They do sometimes. They do sometimes. Yeah, like that's a, well. Once more, they we're have like about, proxies. We're talking about the 1500s. All right. Right. It was like where a king was mostly king because they were a powerful soldier. Right. Not not because of divine right. Well, yes, but okay. also like the divine right was I beat everyone else in a fight, so God's on my side. Like we're okay. talking about with the judicial. This all kind of mixes together. Right. Correct. In a little dual soup. Um. It is believed that in France under Henry the Fourth during that ten year period, ten thousand Frenchmen died in duels. In with ten each year. other? Yeah. Not the Spaniards? Well I mean maybe with the Spaniards. I don't know. Well wait okay, Wes that was hmm. So when all these people were dying in duels, they were fighting each other when they should have been fighting the Spaniards. I'm sure that they were fighting both. I also don't know if it's cool to use the term Spain. I know back then that's an archaic term that they would have said. The Spanish. The Spanish. Um, um, but I, I think that it's a matter of they were all fi- like fighting within each other. Fight- but yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's a mix of it. <laughs> all right, who knows? All right. Okay, so we're going to jump way forward now by about 200 years to the most interesting part of this entire thing. I find it fascinating. But first, how about a word from some of our sponsors? This week, we would like to give a thank you note to our sponsor, Squarespace. Now, you've probably never heard me talk about Squarespace before. Hmm. Please, do go on. Ah, well, thank you very much, Teresa. You see, Squarespace is a space filled with squares that you float through, and it's very calming, but at times terrifying. The way one enters the internet. (gasps) Oh my gosh, you're right. It's an internet website. So Squarespace is a place where you go to build websites. For example, you might check out buttercupisavarygoodgirl.com. And you should, because there's a fun game on there. a website that I made dedicated to our dog, Buttercup. And now I feel bad because Lily's sitting in the other chair, and I haven't made lilyisavarygoodgirl.com because my older brother stole that URL from me. So but I will at some you point. shouldn't feel bad. Justin should feel bad. Hey, yeah. You're right. Um, so here's the thing. You're going to go on Squarespace. You've got a great idea for a website. You're going to go on Squarespace, and you're going to build that website, and maybe you're going to have like things people can buy, or you're going to have, like uh, I don't know, your beautiful art on there, or maybe you're going to use it to showcase your writing, or whatever, promote a business. Who knows? And the thing is, it's going to be so easy to make because they have beautiful, customizable templates, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, including .pizza. That's right, .pizza. Woohoo! And it's free and secure hosting with 27, 24-7 award-winning. That's right, 27 hours 27 a day. 27 hours a day. Every day. 24-7 award-winning customer support. It's beautiful, it's easy, and it's secure. So go to squarespace.com slash schmanners for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code schmanners to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And give us back that domain name. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the host of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up, Up Simpsons. Simpsons. 
every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, that's no surprise because it's The Simpsons, but I mean, like, you can't say that about a lot of of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point had been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cashin. Together, we host a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, We're both stand-up comics. We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy. And so we celebrate stand-up and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Lori Show at MaximumFun.com org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye. Okay, so in 1777, and if you're thinking, Travis, what about America? Well, I'll get to America. Okay, all right. But in 1777, some people got together, namely, uh, it, they got together, okay, this is an Irish name, so I'm going to mispronounce it. They got together in Clonmel Summer Assises. It's spelled kind of like one might say butt sizes. If that okay. Um, the gentlemen delegates of Tipperary, Galway, Sligo, Ma- Mayo, and Roscommon, I'll probably all mispronounce. Um, they got together and wrote the Code Duello. Okay. Which is, I believe, translated to the dual code. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it became the code that was generally followed. Uh, it, well, it was written for Ireland, but it was also followed in England, uh, on the continent, and in a lot of ways in America. They, so they followed it in America, but changed some things. And here's, this is where- Like we do. This is where, when I go through these rules, you're going to see why this is like a Schmanner's etiquette topic. Okay. Because this is one of the most structured things I've ever heard. All right. Okay. Rule number one. The first offense requires the first apology, though the retort may have been more offensive than the result. Example, A tells B he is impertinent. B retorts that he lies, yet A must make the first apology because he gave the first offense, and then after one fire, shooting, then B may explain away the retort by subsequent apology. Right? So wait a second. So I call you impertinent. Uh huh. You call me a liar. Correct. I shoot you. Well, so then you have to offer an apology. And if I don't accept, we fire. Then I have to offer an apology because of the thing I said. And if you accept, we don't have to fire again. But if you don't accept, we have to fire again. Right? Oh, man. Yeah. So rule two. But if the parties would rather fight on than after two shots each, but in no case before, B may explain first and A apologize afterwards. So after we fired twice, now B can take lead on apologizing. So we're having a debate, but we're sprinkling bullets. In well, there. so this is more like if I so 
I say you're impertinent and you say you're a liar, right? And I say I demand satisfaction or you do, right? Then we go to fight. Whoever gave the first offense has to apologize. And if it's not accepted, then they go to the fight, right? So it's more about a structure of um, apology okay. rather than a debate. We're not ba- debating at this point. The debate's done. This is putting the thing to bed. And either I apologize first or we shoot, right? And so it's it's more about who can apologize when. So rule three, if a doubt exists as to who gave the first offense, the decision rests with the seconds. If they won't decide or can't agree, the matter must proceed to two shots or to a hit if the challenger require it. Rule four, when the lie direct is the first offense, the aggressor must either beg pardon in express terms, exchange two shots previous to apology, or three shots followed up by an explanation, or fire on till a severe hit be received by one party or the other. So here we see that there is a clear distinction between an apology and an explanation. Okay. Right? I'm sorry I said that versus the reason I said that is this. And so you can make an apology after two shots and explain yourself after three shots. And like it's so once more, one uh, structure, structure, structure. Rule five, as a blow is strictly prohibited blow talking about like hitting someone. And this is as the offense, not in the duel. As a blow is strictly prohibited under any circumstances among gentlemen, no verbal apology can be received for such an insult. The alternatives, therefore, the offender handing a cane to the injured party to be used on his own back (gasps) at the same time begging pardon. Firing on until one or both are disabled, or exchanging three shots and then asking pardon without proffer of the cane. Whoa. Yeah. Um, if swords are used, the parties engage until one is well-bloodied, disabled, or disarmed, or until after receiving a wound and blood being drawn, the aggressor begs pardon. A disarm is considered the same as a disable. The disarmer may, strictly, break his adversary's sword, but if it be the challenger who is disarmed, it is considered as ungenerous to do so. In the case the challenged be disarmed and refuses to ask pardon or atone, he must not be killed. As formerly, the challenger may lay his own sword on the aggressor's shoulder, then break the aggressor's sword and say, I spare your life. The challenged can never revive the quarrel. The challenger may. Okay. I think a little later we're going to have to act this out with some of BB's dolls. Yeah. Rule six. <laughs> if A gives B the lie and B retorts by a blow, being the two greatest offenses, no reconciliation can take place till after two discharges eat or a severe hit, after which B may beg A's pardon humbly for the blow and then may A may explain simply for the lie. Because a, bl- a blow is never allowable. The offense of the lie, therefore, merges in it. Phew, right? boy. So this is the thing of like, and listen, I can keep going. There's 26 rules, 25 rules. And the thing is, is like, all of this is to avoid the like, I'm looking for an excuse to kill you. Right? And not All the only, rules, right. Right. And not only that, it like also... To, to like cheat at dueling was like the height of embarrassment. And that's, this is another thing that I think is really hard to wrap my mind around as you're reading through this. Because on the one hand, 
I'm looking at it going, I think that this is barbaric. The idea of like, hey, how dare you say I'm a liar? Let's maybe kill each other. Right? But at the same time. Okay. Okay. Wait just a second. I am reminded of the assassination of Alexander Hamilton by Aaron Burr and the idea that when they shot, there was the the common courtesy of, like, shooting up. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, okay. But the thing that does kind of justify it a little bit for me, and I think it's important to contextualize, is at this time, when you're talking about, especially in, like, the 1700s, and even into, like, the 1800s, the way it was seen is, like, Yes, wealth was an important commodity, but so much bigger than that was respect. Yes, I mean, absolutely. We've seen this over and over again, especially in these these times of like strict social hierarchy. Right. And especially like when you think about what it meant to like be a business owner or to be somebody that somebody would like invest in or support or whatever. This is what we're talking about, like, oh, yes, you're a very respected family because you follow these rules and you do these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if someone's like, ah, Jenkins, Jenkins is a liar. You can't trust this guy. Like, where someone would say that about me now and I'd kind of roll my eyes. This is your livelihood at that point. That could mean, like, oh, we can't trust Jenkins? Okay, well, then I'm not going to do business with him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have to prove you wrong. Like, I have to stand up for my... Because if you're willing to stand up for that duel, it proves that you are not a liar. Because, like, if you were a liar, you would have just taken the offense, right? So there's a lot more of that. But then on the other, other hand, it's Mm -hmm. also easy to look at this once again as, like, into that toxic masculinity thing of, like, you... How dare you besmirch my honor, Mm -hmm. right? So... Basically, as you go through the rules, there's more uh, like uh, uh, when apologies can be offered, how seconds are supposed to operate. um, I find this interesting. Uh, Rule eight in the above case, no challenger is obliged to divulge his cause of challenge if private, unless required by the challenge to do so before their meeting. So like if I challenge you, I don't necessarily have to tell you why. What? Right. Until we meet. Um, and it's it like like I said, it goes on and on and on and like there are twenty five rules that you need to know and learn. So let's talk about America. And listen, if you're interested in that, go read it because it really is so specific and interesting and like really bullet points the whole experience. And you can really see like before you do this, do this, and after you do this, you have to do this. But before you can continue on, do this. And, like, that's why you had seconds there. Mm -hmm. So that the the seconds were there to be like, hey, 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 we got to follow it. Keep your tempers low. And there's a lot of examples also as you look through history of the seconds then getting angry and challenging each other to duels. Oh, no. And then that being another thing of, like, well, we'll have to settle that later. Um, Well, so when I think about the U.S., I think about two periods in history. The first one being the revolutionary times. uh Um, Like I said before, uh. Hamilton and Burr, right? right? Correct. And then the second one being the West. Okay. We're going to talk about these. So in America, what you see is where in the European countries, right? It was a lot about honor. And mm-hmm. that was still true in America, but what you in the US, but what you saw becoming was not just honor, 
but politics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes total sense because this was, that was kind of the new hierarchy. Right. And so a lot of the um, cause for duels that you would see is like between politicians, between lawyers. One of like the most common duels was because between someone and a newspaper editor. Because newspapers, Mm. if you can believe it at the time, were very uh, uh, like, factionalized they were like they supported this person or they supported this person and so apparently editors would carry pistols with them all the time just in case they got challenged right they were always ready for to fight and so that's why when we get into Hamilton and Burr right that's where that comes from and one of the interesting things I found was actually the approved way to throw away your shot was to shoot into the ground it was actually very one of the rules in the code duello is it's very uh embarrassing to fire your shot into the air because the idea being if you were going to you should have either apologized or accepted the apology and if you shoot in the air it's like child's play you're pretending at dueling and it's very embarrassing so there's actually a lot of debate about what actually occurred Mm-hmm. In the thing, in the fight between Hamilton and Burr, some people think he was throwing away the shot. Some people believe that he was aiming at the ground, but he was surprised by getting hit and it made his shot go wide. Okay. And that's why it went up. Um, some people believe Burr did not intend to shoot at all, but had a hair trigger on his gun, which was frowned upon. And the sound of Hamilton's shot scared him and he fired like there's a whole bunch of wow so it's it is unlikely although it is a very wonderful iconic moment in the musical and should not be frowned upon and should not be judged people should not tweet at lynn to say i said this (laughs) it is very (laughs) unlikely that he aimed straight up at the sky and fired because friends that's a musical and also (laughs) i say unlikely it definitely didn't happen because the bullet was found 12 feet up a tree which means it was not shot straight into the air it was shot like up over uh over Burr's like shoulder basically. And so it is most likely that he did intend to miss, but that it like his shot went especially wide because, you know, he got shot. Um so actually you talked about the different periods and we are gonna talk about the old west, but also um duels continued on into like the eighteen sixties. And when 1870s. did they become illegal? Well, have they always been illegal? Mm, they, they've kind of gone like in steps, right? Where it's like it started. To, so, for example, in um, in eighteen fifty nine, eighteen states had outlawed, and that's not out of fifty. The I don't know, it's like thirty some probably at that point um, had outlawed it, right? But it was still pretty common in like the South and the West. Right. Right. And so if in the, the South, lawman ain't there. Well, in the South, it was also there was a lot more focus on like honor mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of structure and a lot of duels over slavery. I'm sure. Yeah. There was and in a, the West, there were a lot less police officers. Correct. Um, so I think that once again, though, we're looking at honor, but in two different, you know, the code of the West and like the Southern gentlemen. Right. We're looking at these two where. I think people in the North had their own set. There were probably a lot more fistfights, right? That's probably what we're looking at. Um, but even uh, even Abraham Lincoln was challenged to a duel, and he um, accepted it and and chose swords. 
okay. because he had very long arms. Mm-hmm. He didn't end up fighting the duel. It was able to be worked out through apology, right? And and that that's the other thing is like, it was very hard to say no to a public duel where I think most of the time what you would do is you would say yes and then work it out before any blood was shed or any actual fight occurred. I see. Right? So, so it's kind of a performance at this point. Yeah, right. It was it was it was as we've talked about before about a lot of like Victorian and Edwardian and that kind of thing is like what it was was this is the structure this is the process. Right? And it it removed a lot of uncertainty of like okay, well I offended this person. Okay, cool. This is what I do, and then I do this, and if we can't do that, then we do this, and if we can't do that, we do this. And that's why in the Code Duello, you also see a lot of, like, once this is settled, this person can't bring it up again, but this person can if they need to, right? It's another thing of, like, don't get me wrong, we should not be doing this today. (laughs) But I do think that there is something appealing to that idea of if A, then B, if B, then C, if C, then D, right? And, like, now the matter's done. Now, that's not to say that it was always like smooth and genteel right right because it only works if everyone follows the rules right so like there was one example i read about where a guy um like stood up in front i think it was in england but stood up in front of parliament and like made this very like inflammatory speech about this other person they were challenged to a duel and he ended up shooting the guy and then people found out that he had spent six months practicing in a target range before making the speech. So, like, he knew exactly what was happening. He knew exactly what he was doing. So, basically, it was murder. Well, I don't know. It's possible on the one hand to say... Premeditated murder. But it's possible to say, like, he just knew he needed to make the speech and that the guy would challenge him. But I agree with you. <laughs> but he was like, I kind of want to kill this guy. Um, so, you also mentioned the Old West. So let's talk about the Old West. Now, here's the thing. I think when most people think about duels in the Old West, they're thinking about, like, a showdown. But that's not really real. So, like, the idea... Okay, so the iconic scene of, like, an empty street, Mm -hmm. right? And you you got the good guys on one side, you got the bad guys on the other. There's usually, like, maybe three or four of each, right? Yeah, and the thing is, is, like... That did happen, but not not in that way. Okay. So the thing is, is like, yes, people did draw on each other, right? And there were shootouts. But the idea of like, at high noon, you're on one side of the street and I'm on the other. And we walk 10 paces and turn and fire. That was not common. Like, That's a movie thing. Yeah. It, well, even then, that doesn't really happen all that much in movies either. Like, it does. But the much more common thing is like, so if you've ever seen Tombstone, there's the, like, the nope. <laughs> okay, we need to watch that. Okay. Um, there, there were shootouts, but they were much more like that of like, there's four of us, we're going to go find these people, and you're inside the building, we're out here, we're going to fire. Or it was like, in a bar, and you've offended me, and we both go for our guns and shoot. Right. Okay. And so the idea of like, like that was the okay corral, right? I mean, it was basically yeah. just a fight with guns. There wasn't any, right, that, but like, but dueling. more of like a shootout than we think of. Like it wasn't a spontaneous thing, right? So that's close to a duel, I guess, or like the drawing on each other in a bar. That's close to a duel. But the idea of like this person's the fastest gun in the west. No, this person's the fastest gun. They're gonna find each other and square off to see who's fastest. 
that didn't really happen because if you were good at it you didn't want to fight someone else who was good at it because then you'd die right right like you don't want to take that chance um especially since in all of this another thing we should mention is you also have to keep in mind that even if you didn't get shot fatally or stabbed fatally or whatever medicine weren't good yeah. Right. So chances are you'd probably die of infection or something along those lines. Well, and I have to think that dueling kind of evolved as the firearms evolved. Absolutely. Too. So, I mean, when I think about in the 1700s, um, I mean, sure, guns worked, but there were a lot of misfires and you had to load them specifically and like all that kind of stuff to, to the part where you get to like the West and you have a Derringer that's pretty reliable most of the time right well so the derringer was the smaller one but if you're talking about like a revolver yeah yeah absolutely but even then um actually so the reason the dueling pistol became like was so specialized is even when you got into guns that could fire multiple rounds without having to be reloaded people still used the dueling pistol for a couple reasons one it was more accurate because it only fired one, right? So that was their concept. What they understood is that because it only had one chamber, it was more accurate. But also, it helped enforce the rules. Right. Of you couldn't just like, boom, reload. boom, boom, and hope to hit them. You would fire one, and then you would have to reload it, and that would that enforced the, like, now it's time for us to talk. Right? Or, like you saw with Abraham Lincoln, you could still opt for, like, we're going to sword fight instead of gunfight. Now, that's not to say that the showdown didn't happen. There's a very famous one of Wild Bill Hick- Hickok versus Davis Tut Jr., where they uh, like had a drunken argument over a card game. Uh, reportedly, that like Wild Bill had like lost a watch in the game or something, and they, you know, they were 75 yards from each other um, and shot at each other. Now, apparently, Tut fired the first bullet and kind of rapid fired, and Hickok took like one second longer to aim. And killed the dude. Um, so, like, that it did... But was Hickok wounded? No, I don't no. believe so. It went wide. and But that's the thing is, like, it did happen, but it happened with, like, very rarely. And you also have to remember, Hickok was a showman, right? Right. And so, like, he was making a name for himself and making a big deal out of it. This was not like, oh, another shootout. Ugh. This was another performative tactic, probably. Very much so. And here's the thing. It, I have used a lot... I, I just realized I said showman. And throughout this, I've said, I talked a lot about like gentlemen and like men fighting and everything. But women dueled too. There were, it was not as common, but it happened. There was um, a duel in 1792 between Lady Almeria Braddock and Mrs. Elphinstone. Uh, Mrs. Elphinstone expected no more than a cup of tea when she paid a social call to Lady Almeria Braddock's London home in 1792. But the visit veered off into decidedly unladylike territory when the hostess, evidently enraged by a casual comment Mrs. Elphinstone made about her age, challenged her guest to a duel in Hyde Park. According to reports, Mrs. Elphinstone fired her pistol first, knocking Lady Braddock's hat to the ground. The women then took up swords, and Lady Braddock got her revenge by wounding her opponent in the arm. The petticoat duel, as it became known, ended without further incident when Mrs. Elphinstone agreed to write a letter of apology. Wow. Yeah, and there's more of those as you look throughout history. So the one last thing I want to say before we wrap up is that people, I, I think it's very easy, especially when you talk about 
complete jerks. Uh, I wanted to use stronger language there, but I walked <laughs> it back. Like Andrew Jackson, who was like, I fought in 14 duels. And I found um, one, I believe his name was Humanity Rick was his nickname. A dude who claimed to have fought in over 100 duels, um, which I also believe got him the nickname Hair Trigger Rick. Um People didn't want to. Like, it was not a thing that you jumped to because you could die. Yeah. Right? Which is why there's all of these off-ramps in the Code Duello. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, according to one source I read, most duel like, only 20% of duels ended in death. So, like... 20% is still a lot. It's, listen, That's one in five. Still pretty high. But also, how many bar fights now end with somebody getting injured or you know what I mean like I'm not I mean I guess that's true do you I would love to see the breakdown between immediate death and like death from gangrene right and that's the thing is most fights most duels I should say if you think about sword fights a lot of it was first blood so if you got like nicked on the arm that's why if you ever see in movies and stuff the reason that they would take off their jackets and just wear like white shirts it's so you could very easily see like okay you're bleeding. You're out. Oh, like in uh, Hamlet. Hamlet. Correct. And so that was amazing. What a wavelength we have to get. Yeah. And so, like, that's a thing of like first blood, right? Could be anything. It was not like we're going to sword fight till I stab you through the heart. Right now, there were certain offenses. Offenses where like we're going to fight to the death. A touch, a palpable touch. Correct. But that was that was the most common first blood or with pistols, any kind of wounding would usually end it or well we've each fired a shot and nobody got hit so honor is served we're done yeah right and so that was the more common thing um but like i said earlier i do not think we should do duels now (laughs) (laughs) so that's dueling um and that's going to duel it for us this oh, week. Oh, no. no. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. And once again, like I said, we were at PodCon. It was amazing. Thank you to everybody who came out. Um, thank you to Hank Green and to Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner and all the staff at PodCon and everybody. It was just All the volunteers. It was, it was wonderful. Um, also, go check out Family if you want to see all the other projects that the Macroy work on. Teresa and I are working on some new video stuff. That, well, you'll find out, be about, really you'll great. find out about it. Um, you can also go to MacroyMerch.com and see all our amazing merch there, including some uh, Hello My Dove, Hello Dear pins, and a t-shirt that Kate Leth designed that you can check out there. Uh, what else, Teresa? Oh, tell them about the tour. Oh, right. Um, We are going to be in Birmingham, Alabama and New Orleans on, I believe, February 7th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, Birmingham is the 7th. New Orleans is the 9th and 10th. And that's My Brother, My Brother, Me, and the Adventure Zone. But Schmanners is opening, I think, at the one in New Orleans. And Sawbones is opening in Birmingham. Um, So if you want to check out those and get tickets for it, you can go to McElroy.Family and click on Tours, and the tickets are there, and we'll see you there. Yeah. So, also, as always, we want to thank Brent Bruntlefloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Um, also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can reach us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. That's where we get a lot of our really great ideas and a lot of our listener uh, questions. 
Um, also, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for our beautiful cover banner for our fan run Facebook group, Schmanners. Fanners, you should join that so that you can connect with other fans of Schmanners and uh, get some and give some really great advice. Well, that sounds great. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.